0: Hey, Jamak. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you,
0: Joe? Great, great. Good to see you again.
1: Good to see you
0: too. Yeah. So, some pretty big news. Um, it looks like this <laughs> great book, by the way, and great idea, is uh, becoming a, a reality now. So,
1: it's well, easy. it has been a reality, right? It's uh, we part of the book was the um, you know the. the continue was containing the learnings of what was happening on the ground, building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with any new paradigm or innovation, or new way of thinking, we kind of develop a new mental model, we develop a new language, uh, we use the tools we have, they kind of work, they kind of don't work. And then we need new tools to reshape our behavior and work in new ways closer to the paradigm. And I think that's just a natural evolution of um, right creating new ideas and then creating tools that, that fit those ideas. And it's just uh, that it's that phase of the reality maybe we're in.
0: Right. Yeah. Let me just uh, share my screen real quick. Just want to show um, what we're talking about here. So yeah, thanks to the audience for showing up. i um, got a lot of interested people. Um, obviously, yeah, data meshes, um, it's, it's captured a lot of imagination. But um, next, uh, let me go to the top here first. Uh, so um, next data OS, what uh, walk us through this? What what is it, and, and um, what's the uh, the mission?
1: So so first and foremost, I have I have a um, I guess maybe question for the audience. We can't really chat here with the audience. can Oh, we? I, I,
0: it, it's, a, it's a chat bar on the side. They're not gonna uh, they can chime in over t- uh, chat. So
1: yeah, so there was a um, what, what does this thing shows like? Does can anybody guess? this moving petals. what the, what does it represent? So I just put that out. There was a design behind, there were some ideas behind the design, but just let's move on. Okay. Right. <laughs> just keep audience busy. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, you know, when the idea of the data mesh came to exist, uh, it was the, the main, I guess, the um, idea behind it was decentralization of ownership of data as in people that are closer to the data that can model it, that can take care of it can write the code that actually maintains that data, they are responsible for it uh, but then there is a gap to okay say that's that's the idea to get to a place where analytics uh, machine learning training can run on this autonomous you know um, set of data sets that been maintained by other people. Uh, so there's, a, there's still a large gap to get there. Um, and what happened was, you know, people like this idea of decentralization of data ownership, but what did we have to do? What, what tools we had at our, dis- at our disposal to implement it? Those tools were still tools designed for either you're centralizing data in a warehouse or a lake, or you're still building a pipeline to move the data from the source to this destination. Uh, so the technology that we had was built for this. is still fairly pipeline-oriented thinking, task-oriented thinking, and centralization. And then, only then, you can then run, you know, kind of analytics and machine training um, um, pipelines off the back of that. So the next data always tries to change that and say... Uh, the atomic units of data that we can use as value use as use for analytics in a decentralized way or machine learning in a decentralized way. Those atomic units are something new. those primitives are different. We call them data products. I mean they were always called data products, but but they were never ma- manifested as an atomic unit. They were manifested for the, in the last few years as um, metadata that brings together disparate pieces of technology, like the, the, where the data lives and where its metadata is and where its governance policies are, it was a metadata pulling it together. We're actually making it real. We say this, uh, you need a, we need a new primitive to work with data, to share with data, to connect data. Um, and given that we have a new primitive, we almost need an operating system to build it, share it, connect it. Find it, discover it. So that's kind of the idea here: that that bridge the gap between what we want data mesh, data product to be, uh, and actually codify that. Right? It's a codification of the data product uh, in the book, and then you need that. We, we think about it as just a container, Unix process, however we want to call it. Like the analogies of the past are probably quite poor, but. Um, and then you need an operating system to build it. So we can kind of go deeper what what these things are. But, but hopefully that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go deeper into that too. Like what, what is an operating system, uh, you know, for, for data? This is a very interesting concept.
1: <laughs> yeah. and And I know there are folks out there that use this language, data operating system. I use the kind of, I guess the data mesh operating system here, it's just an analogy to how operating systems work. It, it resonated with me. So let's let's unpack it a little bit. So the job of an operating system in a way, it's creating an abstraction on other primitives, such as you know foundational utilities, like the CPO and the disk and the, the peripherals that we have and the communication between them and create a layer that abstracts those diverse you know, I can run a Mac or Linux or and I can run that operating system on an Intel processor or an M1 processor or different processors, right? So you have this kind of layer of abstractions that to a degree isolates you from those primitives that need to work together for you to actually build applications as a developer on top or use applications on top. So in our case, it's uh, it's somewhat similar that we say, okay, if... if and, and let's actually move on a little bit further with that analogy and say... If the job of this operating system, we run operating system, we build applications on top. The units of applications often are, I don't know, Unix processes, um, or then interfaces, right, for those processes to, to work with files or um, share data and and so on. So it's just, I guess, in a, in a way, in it's a similar concept that we are, you know, we try to not fully abstract away, maybe abstract is not, but allow people to work with different types of technologies and different platforms. One of the main problems we see is that I want to have data mesh, but for, and I want to use that paradigm universally in my organization, but half of my organization is on uni- Snowflake, the other is on Databrace, the other one is some on Native uh, Structure on um, Amazon. So. The job of an operating system, in a way, is to create a unified experience as a developer, data user, regardless of where what your technology is. So that driver mentality, the driver model that we have—a driver interface to storage—and then you go and implement it is part of it. Uh, I'm going too much details I probably I want to go, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, so we want to, you know, you want to respect the millions of dollars that people spent, and then innovation that has been done in parallel processing in large-scale storage. We would not want to replace that. We want to tap into that, but for building a new developer experience, again, I, I emphasize that a set of tools, instead of, you know, your operating system gives you a set of tools, right, to, to work with processes and build them and so on. So a set of tools that allow, um, build this idea of the data product to life, isolated from the technology that you're on. And allow that data sharing for analytical purposes across different technology
0: that's really cool getting a lot of questions here i know uh, and for the audience we only have until um the other uh, half hour mark for this and so uh are there any questions that um i don't know if you can see the, the chat here but i can um throw some I there. Dylan's
1: question there's a question around the centralized across different organizations of companies
0: yeah it's a good question
1: it's a good question i think a lot about this We don't want to build yet another technology that we say, look, you can have decentralized data sharing as long as you use our technology, as long as you use our platform. So we're putting a lot of thinking into, in fact, how to build this as an open, with an open mind and open interfaces that uh, you can be on this platform and off this platform and yet have interoperability in place. Um, Maybe you want to have, when you go to an organization, this is a tall order to say, to have interconnectivity, to have access to your data across the organization, you shall be on my platform. Um, So we want to, and and you have to buy it at once, right? You buy this and everything comes to this single instance, a single platform. So um, to give that autonomy and gradual um, deployment of this, I guess, this set of tools, we think about um, you might have one instance or many instances of this operating system, and yet the world should you know you should get the value and the, the interoperability. So we put a lot of lot of thought about this idea is that we would want to be contributing. We're not saying we're solving all the problems, but contributing to data sharing for analytics and AI at a global scale. Uh, across organizations, across platforms, across trust boundaries, and there are many pieces to that. We won't be able to alone solve all of those pieces. So fundamentally, our architecture, when we say it's an operating system, because we expect a lot of people, would, and we would open this operating system to, to uh, from the usage perspective, the APIs are open, and the, from the, I guess, application or installation on different platforms, the APIs will open, the drivers of APIs will be open. So that's the community and different organizations and partners can um, can kind of adapt it to different different scenarios, so that we can be a stepping stone toward a global data sharing, not just mm-hmm. one company, one organization who happen to buy our products, right? Right,
0: that would be a bit ironic, for sure. It's very ironic. Actually, Ryan has a question here, sort of related to uh, Dylan's question. Um, yes yes. Um basically is it open source or is there an intention to have this open source?
1: There, the, our intention is definitely there'll be parts of it that that are meaningful to be open source. I'm not sure if it's meaningful to have everything open source. Uh that's definitely on our think and our strategy. Um open source takes many different shapes and forms. A lot of projects are open source, but only one company is contributing to it. Hmm. And there are projects that are open source that are really community driven. Which shape we will get? Uh, give us a little bit of time to figure that out. We probably need a bit more time to just be intentional and opinionated about this, and then where it makes sense to open it. Um, there is, there are four at least, or four components that I can see. Uh, we have to. We have no choice but make it open source and open APIs and um, get people to to contribute. Uh, so so yes, it's on our roadmap. Brian, it has to be uh, which components and how and when. Stay tuned. Cool. Uh,
0: what other questions um, look interesting to you? There's a no shortage of them.
1: Well, Abhishek has a question around. Uh, it would be interesting to understand how we can leverage cycle pattern for data governance. So. I'll step back. Maybe, Joe, if you want to scroll down to the next part of this. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Which you one? To it to, you know, oh,
0: right? the, the, the page. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
1: the page. Oh, yes. Not that part. But
0: anyway. uh, just show me the yeah, yeah, these four parts, right? This one? Okay.
1: The, the, maybe even a little. Yeah, these four parts. So so the cycle pattern is only meaningful when you have a unique around like you have a place to hang it off right where does this sidecar hang off today Um, in fact in many of our implementations in the past like the implementation with the existing technology there was nowhere to hang this sidecar off because you either have pipeline tasks or you have a basically um you know a lake or a warehouse and maybe that best you can do is put a gateway in front of it so we have not had that autonomous, self-contained, that quantum of architecture that allows you to put a sidecar. If we just for a moment go back to the history, again, I come from distributed systems, a lot of my thinking goes back to how distributed operational systems evolved, but if you want to take a lesson as uh, what happened that we were actually allowed to use the cycle pattern in the API world and in transactional world, there are a few key pieces that fell into place. One of the, those key pieces were that we had this idea of a container that you have, you know, you can kind of all of the pieces required to do the job. I run a code as serve that capabilities of that code as an API um, as a container. The second piece that happened with Kubernetes was this concept of pods that you can have multiple containers kind of running together in the same context. And then you can inject different containers as a lot, you know, um, into those pods as part of the deployment as one unit. So all of these pieces kind of led to this idea that, oh, now that I have a unit that encapsulates a particular function of my business and I have a very clear interface, inbound, outbound into it, and I have a way of, having multiple of those units co- combined together, then I had this sidecar for service mesh, for OPA, for a lot of different kind of um, technologies use that idea of the sidecar. In our data world, we don't have that yet. And so that's what this idea of data product container for us is, let's encapsulate with the intention of that easy developer experience. Let's encapsulate all of these uh, structural components that make a unit of data, a domain-oriented data, discoverable, governed, understandable. Let's, let's encapsulate all of those structural components. Let's create an, an an anatomy of a thing, a skeleton of a thing, that then you can hang off various types of cycles. right? For example, take policy as an example. Once you have that self container you have your uh, you know APIs to get in and out then policy uh, policy engine or policy execution is just a placeholder Um, every company has different types of policies every industry has different types of you know different kinds of policies different rules once you have that placeholder inbound and outbound at the write and read and access Then you can have an open, you have a play that then you can open up with interfaces for people to configure and provide code for evaluation of that policy. But we had no choice, like I had no choice to say, okay, somebody has to create this. I better go build this. I don't know if that's a business, but that's just so fundamental so that we can reconfigure data world in this mesh way mission interconnected way otherwise we're still stuck in that pipeline centralized way yes we sprinkle metadata and some other things to to kind of pretend we have data products uh, but none of these points of extensions can be created so that we can autonomously have these different data products governed and discovered
0: Sorry, it's interesting. Uh, Sorry, I had to show this comment from Todd. He's thinking about the Watson play on this. Let's talk, Todd. I was actually uh, talking with uh, somebody about this this, uh, earlier this week, but the governance part kept coming up over and over. It was the, uh, even if you could um, theoretically have, um, you know, open data sharing, um, you know, for data products, there's still the governance piece that has to be there otherwise. It's
1: uh, an interesting one. Yeah, well, our thinking is kind of bottom-up, right? It's a decentralized way of thinking, is a bottom-up way of thinking as opposed to top-down. The top-down approach to governing or top-down approach to discovering, a top-down approach to data modeling is extremely fragile because each of these people are a pieces of data, data owners, data teams, our data systems are independently changing. Uh, so for this mesh paradigm to work, we have to think bottom-up and then we have to think Okay, for all of these ingredients, the atomic units, this data product. What is it that they have to externalize and expose, and so that you can have a top view of the governance? So, so governance, discoverability, observability, all of that will be will have a place within this bottom units of this architecture, which we call data product container.
0: Right. That's awesome. Um, let me see, what other questions uh, pop out to you? I think we've got time for one more.
1: NQ. Um, what's that? I don't know. What it, OK. Um, well,
0: um, I think there was a question earlier, uh, actually. Uh, this is
1: Perry, perhaps. What's that? Sorry? Perry, Perry's question might be good. Perry Chen. Okay. Uh, data product dynamic discovery working with external data ecosystem and across organizations. So, every decision that we make is uh, considering there is an eco- data ecosystem. Of course, the data ecosystem might reshape itself, uh, but it's still there is an ecosystem. One of those pieces of an ecosystem today is data catalogs. I personally don't agree with many of the approaches of data catalog being typed that t- too late be happening, the cataloging, right? So the tagging, the curation, stamping, stamping silver, gold. <laughs> um, right. All of that is too late, too, too far right after the data has been generated. Uh, so while I don't agree with a lot of these uh, approaches, but yet you need to have a place, a window to this mesh. You need to have a place where you can, see what these data products are and their kind of behavior and so on. So very early on, we do have, even though we are building kind of discoverability into every data product container, intentionally every data product is built in with providing dynamic information that makes it not only discoverable, but also understandable as in providing enough metadata around this timeliness i mean all of this in the book none of this is (laughs) novel um though we we are doing that we're building that in the data product and that's the been admitted you still need to have a place to go and search for this right you need a search function you need a browse function and i think that's that kind of browse and search experience um, is a place that there is an opportunity to plug in right now this information to you know cataloging systems that already out there. So we don't feel like that's really the core IP, at least from the intellectual property, intellectual um, contribution that we can make. That's that's the search function and there are many good search tools out there that this can be plugged into and the existing catalogs could be one. What we want to focus on is that really that core and uh, nucleus. Of course, we would provide a. That was just an example. We would provide a search, uh, search and discoverability tool, but we see that as a point, as an example of an extension where you can kind of plug this in into, um, into existing catalogs. And and the and this example goes on and on. Like the storage, we we're not reinventing the storage data processing. We're not reinventing the processing, but we're removing the need for some things that were only needed when you needed a centralized uh, system. So for example, very complex pipeline management, that's not really needed. Um, So we, we might remove the need for some of the components of the ecosystem and hopefully help simplifying the ecosystem a bit, but we are very cognizant in integrating with what's out there and not reinvent the wheel.
0: Right. And there's no shortage of tools out there right now. I'd say there's. Um, there's no shortage of. Time. No shortage. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. I think we're coming up on time. I want to. You know, I, I know you got to hop to a few things. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to you know again give people um a, a quick, um you know a glimpse of your of your thoughts and uh, you know so the motivations behind uh, next data. I, I personally think it's, it's super awesome to to see this um launch. So. Um, I guess that, that, to kind of summarize, maybe one of the big questions people have is like, uh, when, when will this be available?
1: <laughs> TBD. TBD. Okay. We, are, we, are, we are still uh, fairly early. We, we want to be on an accelerated path. We don't want to take years before we can actually yeah. put something out there. But TBD, um, we will be building this with our what so right now we're building some of these components with our early customers with our early design partners. So, and we are very selective about who these folks are to make sure we solve uh, the problem. That's not just a point solution, it's a problem that's common across folks. But if your organizations want to be a design partner to us and build this with us um, and and test it in your context and have your fingerprints on the product, um, reach out to us there's a get early access there's a hello at nextdata.com uh, on the website get in touch
0: for sure cool well thanks uh, and i guess we'll be in austin next weekend so at day-to-day texas so uh, if anyone's there come say hi um, yeah so awesome well thanks uh yeah kind of an impromptu uh little get together here on, on Online, but uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for your time, Shabak. We'll
1: of course, soon. thank you yeah. so much. And, and maybe I just leave the the so the some of the questions there. I don't think the problems people are asking: Does data lineage disappear? Does the other the problems remain? How we solve them will reshape, and how we solve them is going to be. It has to respect the reality we live in, which is world is complex and it's ever changing and it can be centralized or centrally controlled. So the problem of lineage remains, mm-hmm. but we will just solve it differently um, and hopefully make it much easier and simpler in the process. I
0: hope so, yeah, that's awesome, cool. All right, well, thanks, Jimac. Um, and thanks to the audience again. Uh, I'm glad this is kind of short notice for everybody, but I felt it was important enough to get everyone together to have this quick chat. So, all right, well, hope everyone has a great weekend. And uh, we'll chat soon. So might
1: we'll see you in Austin.
0: Yeah, Austin. Take care. Yeehaw. All right.